0: Man stands with America. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello, America. Thank you so much for tuning in today. This, of course, is the show where you come for the accent and you stay for the principles. I cannot tell you how great it is to be back talking to you guys because, honestly, I missed you. But as much as I missed you, I'm excited for the future. I'm excited because of what we're going to start talking about today and what the future holds for me. And we'll get to that later on in the show. But I've been, honestly, I haven't been paying too much attention to the, the broader scheme of your news in the sense of I don't care about Donald Trump or Mike Pence or Camilla Harris or Joe Biden. I know you all got to do that. and Hey, go vote. Go vote in November. And I don't care how you vote, whether it's Trump, Biden, anybody else, go for it. That's between you and God and you and your family and you and your country. I wanna talk to you about bigger ideas and bigger things that I think are more important. And today I wanna lay the foundation for something that I think is apt for you in your life that you can take in your own personal life if you've got some goals or ambitions you wanna talk about or whether it's in your business or whether it's about your country. What I'm gonna talk to you about today is apt for all of them. But we need to understand the world we're living in. We are living in a world where it's not only cool to be anti-American, it's not only cool to, to dismiss America, oh, you're evil and you're racist, but it's not only cool, but it's demanded now. And this culture has been advancing and progressing, if I may use that word, for the last 5, 10, 15 years. I've witnessed it overseas where it was cool and people always, always say, why do you love America so much? Because, hey, read their founding documents, you'll understand it. But it's always been cool to hate it. But now even in America, it's cool. And it's demanded. It's demanded that you say, America sucks. Why is that? Well, let's take a step back. Because I think it's absolutely critical that if you believe in freedom, that I ask you to be with an open mind about what I'm going to talk to you about today. One of the frustrating things I have seen is, in your country is the debate between binary choices it's left or right it's Republican or Democrat and what we've seen as the arguments have evolved over the last 5, 10, 15, 20 years even I could argue over the last 100 years is one side tugs on the heartstrings it makes you feel something it makes you go oh that's so sad we must do something it's for the children it's fun children. If we could just save one child, it's all worth it. And the right has responded to this by, if I may quote Ben Shapiro, facts don't care about your feelings. They're facts. I need to talk to you about neither of those is a healthy option. Facts and logic and reason are critical. I'm a very fact, emotion, emotionless guy at times. I'm very much fact, principles, that's the way it is you guys know this I I frustrate you when you're like oh you gotta what about this person for running for president or what about this senator or what about I'm like facts but there's also an emotion there and I want to prove to you today in a bit of fun because I want to ease back into the show a bit of fun about how emotions are absolutely critical and I want to play a little game with you and I want you to play along and this is apt whether you're young or old boy or girl man or woman or whatever you identify as. I want you to visualize someone that. If you could. You would just love to have a really. Really passionate kiss with. Someone you would just love to spend. 5-10 minutes with. If you could just. Oh my god. Whether it's your partner. Whether it's a girlfriend. Whether it's a boyfriend. Whether it's you know. Superstar. Whether it's you know. For the ladies. Maybe it's George Clooney or Brad Piss. For the males out there. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe it's Rita Ora or Beyonce or Jennifer Anderson or I don't know who it is. Ever who you're, you know, oh my God, they are just so beautiful and so awesome. And I want you to visualize yourself in a, a room where it's just the two of you and you're opposite sides and your eyes lock onto each other and you give each other that look. Ladies, you know the look I'm talking about, right? You know that look very well. You give it when you want it. And guys, we're like, oh, please give me that look. Please, 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 please. We will do anything. You know that look. And I want you to visualize yourself walking slowly towards them. Letting the anticipation build. You reach out your hands and she grabs your hand. I'm obviously going to talk about from my point of view. You pull her in close. You hug her. And then you have a slow, passionate kiss. As you're having that kiss... Well, it's while well, it's not happening in that room, but in your head, it's like you're out in the the wilderness, and there's like fireworks going off as you kiss. It's just this amazing ecstasy feeling. It's like a drug. It's amazing, right? Y'all at that point where that kiss, that it's just the two of you in the world. The twenty twenty election doesn't matter. The streets rioting doesn't matter. Nothing else matters but you and them. You got that feeling? Why is that so special? Because I've given you that romantic, amazing feeling in your head, and you've hopefully role-played this out as I've been talking about it in your version. At its simplest form, at its most basic rudimentary form, what I talked about seems all really nice and really pleasant, doesn't it? Made you maybe feel warm and excited inside. Maybe you were like Chris Matthews, and you got to trill up your leg. Well, at its simplest form, all I spoke about was you seeing someone that you found physically attractive or mentally attractive or just attractive as a person. And a bunch of cells, which happen to be around the place we call a mouth, happen to press against another set of cells that they call a mouth. Why is that so important? Why do we have those feelings? We have those feelings because we have attached an emotional connection to it. We've attached that emotional connection to it that says, this is magical, this is romantic, this is amazing. It's not based in fact, it's not based in logic, it's not based in reason, it's based in emotion. Let me take that same example and twist it on its head for 2020. Picture that person that you visualized having that amazing romantic kiss with and then been told... That person is actually related to you. Or maybe a 2020 version is they're transgender. Do you feel, still feel the same trill up your leg, baby? Or is it a case of, no, gross. Why is that? Why do you have for the exact same action, the most opposite and equal reaction? Why? Because of the meaning you've attached to us. Because of the association that you've associated. One was good and one was, oh my God, no. But that isn't based in fact or logic or reason. That is based in what your perception is. Likewise, to use their flip example of, you know, that was a really good experience. Let me use a bad experience. Imagine it's been told, you know someone who's been told that they've lost someone recently. That they've lost someone through a heart attack or through cancer. Or through COVID or whatever it is. What's your gut reaction? What's the vast majority of people's gut reaction? Their gut reaction is, I'm going to go reach out to you. I'm going to put my arm around you. I'm going to give you a hug. I'm going to say, what do you say? I'm sorry, but it's okay. I'm here for you. I'm here to support you. How many times do you see couples going through a bad time or, you know, in a, a bit of an unsure experience? And you see this in movies because it's played out many times. But in real life, it happens as well, where everything happens and they just hold each other's hands and they say it's OK. Why does that mean something? It means something because we attach a meaning to us. Why did I start today's show off by talking to you about emotions? Because I would ask you to look around at America right now. And look at what is happening. This anti-American movement. This America sucks. America is evil. America is racist. Is this based in any logic or reason? Is this based in any based around any emotion, or is it based on logic? I would argue it's based highly on emotion. Now, is America's past crystal clear and glorious, and everything was amazing? No. We've spoken on this show many times about some of the bad days in your history. We've spoken about the Civil War. We've spoken about slavery. We've spoken about, you know, I can list all the bad things America has done. The ironic thing about that is is there's always a common theme through the bad days of America. That common theme is usually government. Government always plays a role in some way, shape, or form. But I would ask you to look around today and look at the two arguments, the two sides of the coin, the binary choice that you get right now in America. The binary choice is you gotta love America. You gotta stand for the flag. Why? Because you gotta. You gotta honor those who've fallen. You gotta do it. You just gotta love America. You gotta love your country. Why? Why? Or the option is you gotta hate America. It's cool. It's time to call out America because of colonialism, because of history, because of whatever garbage you want to put in there, whatever label you want to put in there. Which is the right answer? Or is it possible that we need to actually have an honest conversation and say, you know what? Neither is right. That the right answer is we need to start talking about why America is exceptional. We need to start highlighting, yes, there's a lot of bad, but there is also a lot of good. Because you take any country, any country that's existed in the past or exists today, and I would ask you to go, you know what? Who's Which country is sinless? Which country is, hey, let's model ourselves after that. Hey, let's be them. America has a lot of warts. America has a lot of faults. But America also has a lot of good in it. And there's a lot of things to be admired in it. And it's time to start highlighting those. Some of those are the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, the De- uh, the Bill of Rights, the Federalist and Anti-Federalist, the base. Many of those are based around the individual. The America is an idea. The idea that you as an individual have unlimited potential. And that what we are going to do is unleash that and give you the opportunity to unleash your potential. That you don't do that by government. You do that by freedom, by leaving you alone, to let you chart your own destiny. That is the beauty. That is the American ideal at its core. And look at what has happened in the last 240 years. How about we start saying that is why we love America? That, yeah, we may have problems with our governments. You may love Donald Trump or hate Donald Trump. You may have loved Barack Obama or hate Barack Obama. But that we as a country are not defined by our president. We are not defined by who holds office. We are not defined whether the Democrats or the Republicans hold the House or the Senate. We are not defined by politics. We are defined as a nation of who we are. Yes, our politics might suck. We may hate every politician that is there, but we are not defined by it. It is part of us. But what we are defined as, as a country, is a set of ideals. How about we start having that conversation and start tugging on their heartstrings? How about we start having those conversations? Or we can just have those conversations like, hey, you got to kiss that transgender or you're a transphobe. Oh, well, no, I just don't want to. Well, you got to. This idea that you have to love America—it doesn't work. Imagine me telling you, as a partner, for all the single people out there, that there's this person over here, and they're totally bland, they're boring, they're very reliable, they're great at what they do, and you gotta love them, and you gotta marry them, and you gotta spend the rest of your life. But you don't fancy them. There's no spark. There's no chemistry. There's nowhere. Uh, hey, you do it. There's no razzmatazz. There's no connection. Would that excite you? I can sit down all day long and tell you why they are a great partner, why you should spend the rest of your life with them. They'll never hurt you. They'll always be there for you. But if you don't have that chemistry, that emotion, that love, do you really want to do that? What we have in our country, in your country right now and around the world is we have fallen out of love with America. Now, is there an agenda by some of them? Absolutely. There is an agenda to take down America. There's always been that agenda. It's come in different ways, shapes and forms. There is no doubt about that. But what we need to start doing is distinguishing between the agenda and the people who are actively involved in it and the average American citizen. Because I would ask you this. Did you get here, right here, right now, good and bad by choice or by chance? Because what has been happening has been progressive. It's an old analogy, but it's so true. That if you put a frog in a pot of boiling water, it's going to jump out straight away. But if you put that frog in cold water and just gradually start turning the temperature up, it gets comfortable. Why is that as such an important analogy? Because it's so true to how we act in life whether we do it consciously or unconsciously, whether we think about it and go, hey, why am I doing this? Or whether we're just on autopilot. We go with the flow. We do this on all sides of the aisle. This is not a political left or right thing. This is a human condition. We go with what's comfortable. We go and act by the people we surround ourselves. We act and we think by what we view. What you gaze upon, you become And what we are seeing is people not consciously thinking about America, but are too afraid to stand up to say why America is exceptional. I know about emotions. The last time we spoke, I was highly emotional. I let the logic and the fear or the logic and the reason side of my brain switch off. And I focused all on the fear of, oh my God, I can't get another job. Oh my God, what happens if I speak out? I can't put food on the table. What am I going to do? How can I help other people if I can't provide for myself? I got this. I got fear. But you know what? The thing about fear or any emotion is in life, it gives you an opportunity. Either you can be defined by that fear Or you can use it as an opportunity to reflect. You can use it as an opportunity to go, how do I need to grow? What is life telling me right now? This will be different for everyone listening to it because your scenarios are all unique. There's no similarities. There's no two common themes that run in everyone's life. Everyone's life is unique. There may be common themes. Hey, you have problems with money and I have problems with money. But there's different equations. There's different emotions. Because we are unique. My logic was fear. I looked inward. Instead of being afraid and cowering and walking away, what I have decided is I'm gonna go bold, I'm gonna go all in. I am gonna get I've been working on a plan which I'll be sharing with you later on the show and later on in the period of time, where I will not let what happened to me earlier on in this year happen to me ever again. I'm determined to that you can do the exact same thing. We can look at what's happening in America and we can all get down on it and we can just point the other finger and go, they're the problem, they're the problem, they're the problem, they're the problem. Or we can use it as a period of self-reflection and go, what is the world, what is the universe trying to tell us right now? And I would implore you to think about this and see if you agree with me or disagree with me. The universe is giving us an opportunity to redefine what America is because for the longest time it has been political hey we have power barack obama is president oh, i've got to trill up my leg oh hope and change or donald trump is president he's set by god maybe it's time to not be defined by your politics maybe it's time to understand that america is built on something bigger something more eternal because barack obama came and went donald trump is here but whether it's in 2020, if he loses, or if it's 2024, when his eighth years is up, Donald Trump will also go. This too shall pass. But what is left? No matter who is president, no matter who holds the, per- the purse strings, or every who holds control in the House and the Senate, America is always something bigger. If you agree with me, I would implore you to enjoy me over the next coming weeks and months, because you may like what I'm about to do. I'm excited to be back here. It's so good to be back. I can't tell you how much it is and how much I missed you. So I want to talk to you about something that's called standards, musts, are your routine. You know, the one thing about life that really frustrates me is when I see people, whether it's online or in commentary, they act and think like everything everyone does is well thought out. You know, I hate to break it to you. I don't care whether you're the dumbest person alive or the smartest person alive. Your brain, while it's amazing, the computing power in here is absolutely incredible. It cannot, cannot comprehend and totally analyze everything you do, say, or think. A lot of what we do is on life is autopilot. You ever had those situations? We all have them. We all have our routines in life. What's your routine? I know some people who the first thing they do in the morning, they have to do. They get up in the bed, and the first thing they have to do is they have to share it. is the first thing. Or maybe it's something else. Maybe it's something more comical. I know my ex-girlfriend, anytime I saw her early in the morning, it was like the first question was, good morning, have you had coffee yet? If the answer was no, you don't talk to her. You're like, don't engage in conversation. Just like, here, here's a cup of coffee. You drink it, and we'll talk in your tongue. Because she was just like, I need coffee. You can laugh at that, but there's plenty lots of people listening who are like the exact same thing. Don't talk to me before I have my coffee. And, you know, John's like, so the institution, so what do you think of George Washington? <laughs> I haven't had coffee yet. I can't process things. But we all have our routines. We all have our routines. We drive to work a certain way. Again, coffee sometimes is not, you know, you drink in the car, you go around the block, you drive a certain way, you go to Starbucks, you go to McDonald's or wherever it is, Dunkin' Donuts, you get your coffee. We all have our certain routine where we have certain things. We go to gyms on certain nights. We have date nights on certain nights. We do our laundry in a certain way. We fold things in a certain way. And sometimes we're very anal about these things in our routine. I, I, there's this debate online. I see it. It pops up every so often. This, I just can't believe people like I hope people are joking when they get like this. Um, you're going to all get in touch with me on social media. No, this is the biggest thing since sliced bread. But there's a debate online I see sometimes with about know, What way do you hang the toilet paper? Does the toilet paper go that side or that side? I'm like, it's toilet paper, dude. I'm not even thinking about it. I just, you know, when the roll is gone, you put a new roll on the home. And if it happens to be that side or that side, it doesn't matter. It's toilet paper. It has a use. But people are like, oh, it has to be this way. It has to be this way. Or, oh, my God, my world explodes. But so many people, it's just a routine. We have to have certain things. But we also have standards in life. We have standards in the sense that, remember the example I used in the last segment about, Hey, you gotta marry this person. We all have standards. Whether you like them or not, whether you think they're anal, whether you think they're, Oh my God, you're so, you know, stupid. You, you know, you only date a good looking girl or a good looking boy. That's what people want. Let them choose their life. You don't have to get a, they don't have to be live the most moral, upstanding life for you to, you know, agree with it. You can disagree with it and just go, hey, just leave them alone. Don't try and control. But I have to date someone good looking. I have to date someone super smart. We all have standards. Likewise in work. We all have our standards. What's your standard? Let me tell you my standard. I recorded this show yesterday in full. I came home last night, edited it, that's crap, and I restarted it. Am I trying to make myself out to be great? No, but that's my standard. Because you guys take your time out of your busy lives to listen or to watch on YouTube. I'm going to give you the best show I can. The most, you know, best version of me. Best voice. Hey, does this voice get any better? No. This is goal all day long. Trust me, it ain't. But they're your standards. What are your standards? What's America's standard? What is America's standard? Now, I'm... Been, I'm an Irish guy, I don't get to define what America's standard is, and I've been told over the last 10-20 years that the standard I think is America isn't true. It never existed, which I believe is complete hogwash, but that's people's opinion. America, for me, has always had two different standards. A higher power standard, and a earthly standard. If you read the founding documents, I will back up why I believe this the higher power of the biblical standard has always been that you're built on the idea of two men. You're built on the idea of Moses and you're built on the idea of Jesus. The more earthly standards, again, there are two. For me, you're built on the character, the integrity, the way of life of George Washington and the Constitution. That is America's standard throughout your history for me. I will ask you to look around at 2020, and go, is that still your standard? Is that something you still aspire to be? Because the thing about standard is sometimes you fall behind. Sometimes you're not always winning the race, but it's your standard. Or how many times do you accept lower standards? Because you see, when you have a standard, you're always competing against yourself. When you start diluting your standards, when you want to focus on more earthly things like winning, you start competing in a way to win, not in a, against other people, not against yourself or not against your standard. Let me give you a simple kind of way. I'm back bodybuilding. I'm back training. I'm back powerlifting because I was in the worst shape of my life. No excuses. I was sick. And I'm back lifting a respectable amount of weight. I shared some videos while I was away, some pictures. If I want to say, you know what, I just want to lift the most amount of weight and I want to beat other people. Guess what? I can easily do it. When I was in the worst shape of my life, i just go lift against a the girl. they lift heavy weights. You know, there's girls who are powerlifters in my gym who are like 45 kilos, and which is like just under over 100 pounds. I can lift more than them. Why? Because they're 100 pounds and I'm a lot more. I eat a lot more. So naturally I'm stronger. I can lift more. If my standard was, hey, I just want to win, that's what I'm going to do. Or I'm going to pick out someone who doesn't work out, who's never lifted a lot of weight in their life. I'm going to beat them. It's not going to be hard. Not bragging. It's just the way it is. Is that my standard? Is that my goal? No. My standard is I want to compete against myself. I want to get up to, first, my target is to get up to over 220 pounds. That's 100 kilos. Then I want to get up to 250. Then I want to get up to 300. Then I want to get up to 350. And then I want to start getting, see if I can, because I'm not as young as I used to be, see if I can lift more than I did when I was 21, when I was a lot in a lot better shape. They're my standards. I'm not competing against you. I'm not competing against anyone else. I'm competing against myself. Which do you think is the more healthier option? And now let's transport that right back to America. Who is America competing against? Is America competing against Ireland? Hey, we're just we a great country. We just want to be better than Ireland. How great that is, huh? Oh, we're, we're just a great country. We want to be better than England. right? We want to be better than Australia. We want to be better than China. Great, great, great. Germany. France. Brilliant. How inspirational is that? Do you want to compete against other countries? Let me be quite blunt, blunt with you. If that's your standard, you're doing it wrong. I look around at other countries. And while I respect them and they're good countries... When you understand where America has been and what America's standard used to be and what America is built on, that ideal that we spoke about, that's a very low bar to be better than everyone else. That's a very low bar. Do you want to just compete against everyone else? Or do you want to start competing with yourself? What's your standard? What's your standard for America? What's your vision for America? Is America just to be better than everyone else? Or is your vision for America to be the best America that you can be. to be the healthiest, to be the strongest, to be the most moral, to be the most upright, to be the most humble. What's your standard? But then we also need to understand and this is up for you and your life because this is the biggest change in me. I've been listening to a lot of motivational stuff. I've totally dialed off from your your news on the politics and stuff, been listening to a lot of different motivational speakers. This might tell, by the way, by what I'm talking about. But the biggest change in me because something snapped last time when we spoke. I was in a really dark place because I had lost my job and I got screwed over and there was a lot of other things that happened. And I was so angry. And as a Christian, I'm trying to, don't get angry. That's that That is the road to good intentions and it doesn't work out well. Maybe you don't agree with that, that's fine. But I try my best to not get angry, I get frustrated, there's a difference. But I sat down, I was really upset. I was like, how, why is this happening? I try and do the right thing all the time. I try to live a good life. I try to be selfless. What is going on? And then I understood something. I understood something because there is a difference between a dream and a must. And there's a very key distinction between that. I used to be a person who had a lot of dreams. I sit here before you today with zero dreams. And a lot of people are gonna go, what do you mean you don't have any dreams? That's not a good place to be in. It's a brilliant place to be in. I encourage you to try it. If it's not for you, then go back. But I've always had dreams. I've had dreams, I've spoken about some of them. I wanna you know, be better looking, I wanna be in better shape. I have a dream of going to America. Dream of marrying an American woman. I've had dreams to become an American citizen. Shared many of the dreams with you. Don't have any dreams right now. I have musts. Because you see, the thing about dreams is dreams are great. Dreams are wonderful. I encourage you to have some if, you know, if that's what your, your way of thinking is. But how much do you want that dream? You see, dreams are great. We all have them. We all say, Oh, I'm going to dream. I'm going to be better looking. And if you're really serious about that dream, you know, you get that adrenaline rush right at the start. You're like, I'm going to do X. And this voice inside you goes, yeah, yeah. Guess what happens? Eventually, that adrenaline rush, that excitement, that enthusiasm wears off. How many times have you seen this? You know, where you're, you know, let's just use me me as an example. You want to lose weight. You want to get in better shape. You have that enthusiasm. Yeah, we're going to do it. Then you have a really long, stressful day in work and you're really tired and you're like, I'm on the way home. I've had, Oh my God, the day I've had is just, Oh, just, I just don't talk to me. And I have to go home and I have to cook my dinner. Oh, you know what? You know, let's just drive into the try through. Let's just get something here. You know, I won't have to wash up. I do not have to cook anything. And hey, I get to eat earlier than I would if I had to cook dinner. It would take me like 45 minutes to cook dinner. Yeah, let's just go there. And all of a sudden, then you eat things. Or how many times are you, you know, especially with me on the road, you're like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm tired. I, you know, I haven't got time for lunch. I haven't got time to eat. You know, so, hey, I'm just going you know, to buy a bite of crisps or eat a bar of chocolate. And then that becomes your routine. All of a sudden then, hey, you know, I have to have coffee in the morning. I have to have a bar of chocolate. With it. Or I have to have a muffin. What's the difference? When you have visions, when you have dreams, they're great. But they only work when you're motivated. They only work when things are good. When you have a must, it works all the time. You must do certain things. We all have our must whether we know it or not. We all need oxygen. It is a must. There is no, I dream of having oxygen and I'm going to live a long life. No, you must have oxygen. You must have oxygen or you're going to peel over and die. What are your musts? Use this in your life. I'll ask you just to take some time back. What is your must? What is your must? And understand the difference between a dream and a vision and a must. You see, for me, I've always dreamt about getting to America. I've always dreamt about doing a lot of speaking in America. You want to know why I don't think that anymore? It's because I must do it. You see, our brain is amazing. Our brains are incredible computers, for lack of a better term. We can process so much information. We can process so many emotions. But we also fool ourselves into thinking certain things. We also fool ourselves by what we put into it there. If we gaze upon certain things, all of a sudden then it becomes a reality in here. And then it becomes a reality in our actions. You see, for the longest time, I fooled myself. I fooled myself with delusions. Oh, it's, it's not the place for an Irishman to tell Americans what to think. It's not the place of an Irishman to save America. It's not the place of an Irishman to be a star in America. It's not the place of an Irishman to fill in the blank. You think of it, I guarantee you at some point I said it. I've always accepted I'm going to be bigger. I've always accepted that I'm just going to be always out of shape. That I'll be strong and I'll be healthy. But I'll never be good looking. I filled my brain for the last 15 years with bull crap. I believe this. I believe that I am no good. It filled in here. In here, in here, in here, in here. You're no good. You you can't do anything. There would be this voice anytime I say, I want to help America. There'd be this voice that'd say, who the hell are you thinking you are? You think you're someone good? And that ends in a very dark place. We've shared where I've been in the past. But if you start turning things into musts, you want to know what some of my musts are now that are not rooms? I must get to America. Not because I am your savior, but because I need to testify to your savior's existence. And just so we're crystal clear, your savior is not a politician. Your savior is not a man. Your savior is someone bigger. America needs to understand the world we live in because we are living in extraordinary times. For those who are wondering what I'm referring to, I am referring to the power of government. We have set a precedent and let me use the the language of the day. We are living in a period of time where systematic government oppression has become normal. It has become wrapped in, it's only for your own good. Let me ask you a question, and I don't care whether you're left or right, top or bottom or moderate or centers or any label you want to associate yourself with. If a government has the power to tell a grandparent and a grandkid that they can see each other but they can't hope, what can that government not do? What can that government not do? Where is the limit? Where is the line that says you can't cross that line? When you get to that line, where is it? Or is the line so minuscule that it's kind of irrelevant? You see, I've changed because the world has changed. I've always accepted my role was to be your cheerleader. Not anymore. My job, my must, not a dream, my must, is I need to get over there and tell you and remind you of this is who you are. This is the American standard, And if you choose to not follow us, To go, that was a load of hogwasher. That was only apt in 1700s. It's not apt today. Fine. That's your decision. I disagree. But I'm going to do everything I can, everything in my power, to testify to his greatness and to his rules. Because I would ask you to think about and I would ask you to look around, whether it's at the political climate, whether it's at the news climate, whether it's at any climate. What is America's must? Do you Is America's standard still George Washington, still the Constitution? should it be followed isn't the constitution america's must you must follow it doesn't matter how bad it gets or is america's standard that hey well once it's our guy violating the constitution it's okay what is your standard what is your must I would then ask you when you get your standards on your musts, I would ask you just to reflect on them and just ask yourself one question: Is it inspirational and aspirational? Or is it a case of we're just my standard is just to be better than everyone else? And ask when you ask yourself, is it aspirational? Ask yourself why it is or why it isn't. Because I believe when you're an American, your history is based on inspirational. Look around at the culture today, whether you're left or right. The standard for everyone seems to be, or for the vast majority of people, we just want to be better than them. That is our standard. That is our must. Well, yeah, I'm bad, but I'm not as bad as them. I would ask you to look back in your history, on certain aspects of your history, and kind of go, well, would America be here today if, you know, our standard was, let's just not be England. Let's not just be a tyrannical king. Would America be where you are today without that? Because I would ask you, if you haven't done it recently, read your Declaration of Independence and read the focus of it and say, hey, is this inspirational and aspirational? Or is it a case of, well, we're just not them. Hey, we're not the king, so vote for us. Look at the manifestos for all the different people. Is it inspirational? Is it manifest? aspirational? Or is it just, hey, we're not them? Hey, we're we're going to do this. And does it fit in line with your vision, your must or your standards for America? But I also want to talk to you about the most important aspect of everything I've spoken to you about. Because if you have said, if you have listened to this, and you said, I have a new must now, I'm going to do X. Hey, I'm going to run for office. Hey, I'm going to lose weight. Hey, I'm going to find a wife or a husband. Hey, I'm getting a new job. Whatever it is, whatever I motivated you to do, if you've listened to nothing as what I'm about to talk to you for the next six, seven minutes is the most important aspect of us. Because in here, whether you know it or not, whether you acknowledge it or not, whether you think about them or not, there's a set of beliefs. We all have a set of beliefs. We have a belief system. Hey, something's right, something's wrong. Something's good, something's bad. But we also have this little voice. Hi! I'm your inner voice! What does this say? You know the, there's an amazing aspect of people, I always find it incredible. For the longest time my inner voice was anytime I would say something, hey I'm gonna lose weight. No you're not. Here, have a crunchy. Hey, I'm gonna get in shape. Hey, is that fried chicken we smell? Hmm, let's have some fried chicken. it would be good. Hey, I'm going to come over to America. and I'm going to speak out. and I'm going to, you know, help you and, you know, try and inspire you. Hey, who do you think you are? Do you think they really want to hear from an Irishman? We all have a set of beliefs. For a large chunk of people, our beliefs, sadly, are limiting. We have that voice that just goes, no, you're not. And then if we ignore it, because sometimes you know, if we're like setting you go, hey, I'm gonna lose weight. Yeah, yeah. And this voice goes, no, you're not. And you go, yeah, I yeah. am. Eventually, that voice just waits around until you're tired and you're sore. Especially if you're losing weight, I can I can relate to this. You're in the gym, and all of a sudden you're tired, and it's so hard. And maybe you get, you know, after like six, eight weeks, you get really well. And then you weight plateaus and you just never lose anything. That voice is just waiting there going, see, I told you you wouldn't do it, you dummy. We need to say to that voice, the voice that says, hey, you have a limiting belief, shut up. We need to tell it to shut up. We need to be able to say, listen, I have to do something. I don't have dreams, I have musts. I must do this because my very existence depends on it. And you're here talking to me about what I can and can't do. Shut up. Likewise, it's the opposite for flip side people. You know, these people are in the culture who just know everything. They're awesome. They're just so cocky and arrogant. They also have a set of beliefs. They're just not limiting. They're just awesome beliefs. They're like, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to build a big building. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to win a major golf. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm going to fart roses. Yeah, you are. They're the exact opposite. It's a set of beliefs because it's in here. If you're sitting there and you're going on, hey, I've got this goal. I've got this vision. I have this must now because I've listened to you. You need to be able to control that inner voice. Because the frustrating thing about that inner voice is it always waits around for you. Because we have a set of actions. When we start saying, hey, I'm going to do something. I'm getting a new job, I'm getting fitter, I'm getting stronger, I'm losing weight, I'm coming to America to do a speaking tour. Whatever it is, whatever your must is, we start putting effort into it. And that effort only lasts as long as we start getting, you know, the reaction signs back That hey, you were making progress. Hey, I want to lose weight. And the, the scale starts going down. All we when things are going great, that's real But when things start going bad or you start plateauing or you start going in, that voice is still there going... Why did you bother? You went through all that pain. I could have saved you all that pain, you dummy. You were never going to do it. We need to ignore that voice. And how we ignore it is by controlling about what goes in here. What you gaze upon, you become. We need to start gazing upon more inspirational and aspirational things. But also, I want to make this about your country and about your politics in a certain way. Because one of the frustrating things I hear about people say to me is, look, John, I agree with most of what you say. I love that you love America, but I'm one person. What can I do? In truth, that person isn't saying that. In truth, what that person is saying, what can I do because what I've done hasn't got me noticed yet? We need to start understanding America as a country. There are certain things that differentiate itself from America and the rest of the world. One of them is how you view people. The rest of the world views us as a collective, as a label. Hey, you're male, you must think this way. Hey, you're female, you must think this way. Hey, you're black, you have to certain think this way. Hey, you're straight, you have to think this way. Hey, you're Christian, you have to think this way. And we bought them up into a label. Oh, that, you know, we like putting things in different boxes. America is based around the individual. We are all uniquely different. We can change the world. But we must understand that sometimes, that when we seek to change the world, it isn't going to always work out. But I would also ask you to look back in your history and go: Can you imagine if one person taught that? Look how different history would be. Can you imagine if Thomas Jefferson was sitting there, you know, under the under candlelight? And he's like, I got to write the Declaration of Independence. This is the document that's going to start America off on its new journey. The Declaration of Independence. You can't write that. Who the hell cares with Thomas Jefferson things? Why does my inner voice sound like, I don't know, it's on drugs? This is, this, you don't want to be in here. It's not a pretty place. Oh, yeah, you're right, inner voice. I can't write the Declaration of Independence. What would have happened? Can you imagine if George Washington's inner voice said, You know what? You might be a nice guy. You might be really nice, but... You went to be the leader of the Continental Army. She, you've been losing a lot of wars lately. You suck. You should resign. Imagine if he listened to that inner voice. Imagine if Abraham Lincoln during the Civil War. she, you may want to end slavery and you may want to, you know, racial rec- you know, reconciliation. But she, you're losing a lot of battles. You know, you suck as president. A lot of Americans have died under your watch. You should resign. You get my point about one person? I don't know what your journey is. I don't know what your aspect in life is. I don't know what you have to do. I've only found out what I've had to do recently. It's a long and frustrating journey. It took me 15 years. 16 years. To find my role in life. What's your role in life? But also I would ask you. Because one of the changes that's going to be in this show is. I've always tried to make every argument that I can. Without God. I've tried to I'm not denying him, but I've always tried to make the show open for everyone. America claims to be a Judeo Christian nation. Good. Let's prove it. Let's either prove you right or wrong. Because on this show we're going to start talking a lot more about faith. Because I don't know how you can look around at the world today and not understand why faith is needed. Because I've always said for the last fifteen years. There's not one problem America faces right now that your people cannot fix. That's no longer true. There's not one problem you face right now that he can't fix. The question is, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to humble yourself before him, beg his forgiveness, beg for his mercy? Or are you just going to continue on going, oh, we're brilliant. We're awesome. We're amazing. But I would ask you, the reason I bring him up is because if you're a Christian nation, you know the parables about rewards. You want to make a difference in the world and inspire people, but you're only one person? Ask yourself where you want the rewards. Because scriptures is very clear. If you you do something good on earth and you get rewarded on earth, that's it. You do something good on earth and you don't get rewarded for it on earth, you get your reward in heaven. Which do you want? Are you trying to build up rewards in here for recognition of, oh, you're so awesome, you're wonderful? Or do you want it in heaven? I know which one I choose. Which do you choose? But if you do need some type of acknowledgement, I would ask you to think about the person around them that does not have any inspiration, inspirational to other people. We all do it to people. We just may not know it. We all impact people, whether we know it or not, whether it's our kids, whether it's our grandkids, whether it's our parents, whether it's our community, whether it's our church. Being a good person, even today, is still an amazing feature. In fact, it may be more amazing than ever because the bar is so low because there are so many people with social media, so many a-holes out there, excuse my French. The bar is so low that if you're even any way decent, you stand out so you can inspire people. The question is, do you want to? And why is your motive? Because I will finish up with this. Ronald Reagan used to have a great saying, and we need to change it because of the world we live in. He used to have a saying, it can be done. It can be done. Well, and You know, when they say stuff like, you can't win the Cold War, it can be done. It can be done. We need to change that saying. It's no longer, it can be done. It must be done. Because what we are facing right here, right now, Is a governmental tyranny that in a year from now, in two years from now, five years from now, will be so dark, will be so evil, you won't recognize your country. You won't recognize the world you live in. We need to, if I may use a metaphor, we need to put the bat signal out there. We need to put that light in the sky, but not call for Batman. Not with a big bat on a go, hey, Batman, we need your help. No, we need a constitutional light. We need a light for morals. We need a light for principles. We need to put that light in the sky for everyone to see. We're not calling on Batman or Superman or any other made-up hero. We're calling on our savior. We're calling on principles. We're calling on people to be fundamentally good again. We're calling on Christians to live the life they claim to love and support. That is what we need. America must return to these principles. America must testify to those existence. Or we can all give up. My chart, and I'm pleased to announce that I arrive in your country on January 23rd for two long months. And hopefully there'll be another tour right after. But I can't share those details yet. I'm going to go wherever I can. I'll speak in any political group, any meeting, any school, any college, any church, and I will testify to his greatness and the things that made your country exceptional. And then the choice is yours, America. Do you want to return to those principles? Do you want to raise your standard again to George Washington and the Constitution? Or do you just want to continue the patch you The choice will be yours. As always, we finish up by saluting your police, your firefighters, your emergency personnel, and your fits. And lastly, I salute you, the great American people. Never ever forget America is great because Americans are good. Not because of your government, but because of your people. Until next Saturday at 12 noon Eastern, have a beautiful and blessed week. Freedom versus Freebies This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn On the Blaze Radio Network